Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to another episode of Other You. I'm your host, Dee. Today on the show... I have a New York City-based UX designer with a focus on utilizing the power of their ancestors to create better designs that empathize with users. Please welcome to the show, Itzy Ramirez. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Very, very well. So I'm I'm super curious. How, How have you been able to utilize the influence of your ancestors and... When we use the term ancestors in your specific case, we're talking about the indigenous peoples of Mesoamerica, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I pretty much identify myself as Mexica, which is most of the people that occupied the, uh, the still occupy central, central Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of what, like, like I've been... I've been learning a lot about through colonization and through um, European settlement in Mexico. Um, I kind of lost in touch with that um, part of myself. So now, um, yeah, I went through some experiences that changed my perspective on who, um, who, how I identified and how who I um who I thought I was and and who I really am. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much like how I, I who I connect to. I know when we think of ancestors you think as your like close like your next relative, your grandparents mm-hmm. or somebody in, in your family. And that I think that applies too. Um uh, yeah, but for the people that didn't grow up having good relationships perhaps with their immediate family, then I guess ancestry also extends as to your origin and where you're from. So that's how I'm looking at it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool beans. Yeah. So then um, how have you been able to integrate that influence into the work that you do? Well, I, uh, I, just I've been researching I guess I had this um like by looking at the codexes and looking at the art and looking at the temples and the structures that they built and learning more about it and getting curious Hmm. and then finding ways of incorporating it into my work into my designs um I know there's a there's a lot of history there and through through research and through through reading and through paying respects to their designs and learning more about them and I I like to draw a lot so I draw a lot of a lot of the the energies I prefer to call them energies as like instead of deities because it right. just has a west a more westernized color, like um tone to it so i i their their energies because these were representations and 
of the forces in the universe that were plasmated into the um, all the imagery in Mesoamerican art. And you can see that if you ever go to Teotihuacan, which is in Mexico City, mm -hmm. uh, it's you can see the reliefs of the Quetzalcoatl and you can see the, the the structures and you can just some of the paintings on the walls are still there and yeah it's kind of that was kind of hidden for a while but i think it's resurfacing because i think we're beginning to uh, as more newer generations come they start to wonder where they came from and yeah. who we are and and especially here in the united states where we grew up being first generation, second generation, and then we are confused, get confused as to who we are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's been kind of how I've been incorporating it by learning more about it, um, being respectful, and just joining in ceremonies with some indigenous groups here in New York as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I have I was a part of the Danza Mexica community here in New York and that was that was really that was really nice to see that we're still holding on to this all of these traditions from years and years ago mm -hmm. from centuries ago that are still pretty much alive that I thought that had disappeared but are still pretty much here yeah and seeing that and being with all the relatives and mm -hmm. recognizing that part of myself i think that i had lost yeah. has been very eye-opening it's 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 a pretty magical or like a, a magically freeing experience to learn mm -hmm. that your people you know persist mm -hmm. and that you have an mm -hmm. identity in not the memory of a peoples but that they are still existing and the mm -hmm. culture is still, you know, being practiced. So I, I'm, I'm excited for you to, you know, learn more and for f more fully embody your peoples in, in the work yeah. that you do and the life that you live. I'm excited for you. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Wonderful. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we've learned a little bit about you. Now let's mm -hmm. talk about that decision what was that moment in your life where you made a choice and you can see the impact of that choice to this day or maybe life made the choice for you yeah well i think i my perspective changed when i went on a trip to guatemala and i was i was working on a website for an organization there and we were having a lot of difficulties connecting so um, the people in the organization ended up sending me to Guatemala to work on this website for like a month. And, mm. and uh, yeah, it was just really, I think, life-changing just to see the difference. And even though I am from Mexico and, yeah, you, you know, it's not the same as, it's, it's a different, it's a different, um, Different environment is not the same. Central America is totally different. And, mm -hmm. and I saw that they were in touch with all of their, their indigenous people who were Mayan there and that I wasn't. 
I wasn't really connected to that. Mm-hmm. And I was told in like history books that they had disappeared and that they were not around anymore or that you know, or that it wasn't cool to be indigenous and mm-hmm. and um so I went there and I realized that this all these cultures are pretty much still alive and and well and they invited me to this Mayan ceremony and it was really beautiful and it was the first time that I got to do like a circle and being in front of like a fire and making an offering and it was just really really just beautiful and amazing and they asked me well why what are you you're mexican what do you do like you do any aztec ceremonies Mm -hmm. and i was like no like i don't know actually so i was pretty embarrassed and when i came back to new york i started searching for groups or i started searching for more because i realized how i wasn't very in touch with any of my indigenous i was in touch with my mexican culture which mm-hmm. is the mestizo the the after colonization mm-hmm. and in mestizaje that's that's what i was more in touch with but i but seeing you know that this all these cultures were the indigenous and um mesoamerican cultures and were still pretty much alive and um yeah, I ran into many different groups that I've been a part of and been invited to ceremonies, to dances, and I've been able to um, uh, reconnect with all of that. And yeah, that has definitely influenced me in the way that I designed. And it's pretty much uh, how I got into UX design because, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of the... A lot of, I guess, a lot of the culture and a lot of the traditions that are passed on to us are have a lot to do with um, facing ourselves and seeing ourselves and interacting with other people, and that has a lot to do with the way that I work. Because in UX, you also are um, reinventing and you're producing. Uh, products in order to make other people's lives easier and that has been one of the lessons that I've learned to be more empathetic and to be more more in touch with myself and being empathetic and Mm -hmm. being kinder to other humans that's that's all that has a lot to do with the way that our peoples were because they Mm -hmm. were like a big community and they were looking after each other and yeah I don't subscribe to the idea that they were warriors and they were these warrior people and fighting each other. I think they were just like a big family and big families sometimes have issues with each other as well. For sure. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, It's super interesting how much I have learned about indigenous peoples in the Americas Mm -hmm. and how their community building was so integral to life and how the individualism that came over with colonialism has really, really impacted 
mm-hmm. the way that we live, the way that we experience life on these lands. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind. I feel like how much we're missing out on by not being more community centered than we right. are. So, yeah, this culture of individualism and that only caring about ourselves that, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't our ways. That was, mm-hmm. was, was brought over by Europeans. And yeah. you can still see that in the education that mm-hmm. we receive and, yep. and especially in design. Yeah. And Has to be tailor made for every user, you know, it's like, Oh no, this indiv- it has to be very individualistic. Mm-hmm. in everything that it oh in the way that it applies and then like even with all of the like the the services that we use that ask hey would you like an individualized ad experience that like personalized yeah and, you are an yeah. island can can we cater to your specific island yeah you know? so wow okay so the decision to break it down it was not one that you were forced to make or you had to make this was your job is mm-hmm. like hey we're going to send you to guatemala and you are going mm-hmm. to work with them down there because we're having a tough time really connecting right mm-hmm. and so you go down there yeah. for work and so life essentially presented you with this opportunity to experience some things that have impacted you so when when did when did this happen so this happened like back in 2012 Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. You know what's interesting? A lot of the decisions that happen on this show uh-huh. happen in 2012. <laughs> weird. A lot of them. <laughs> That's weird. It, it, it freaked me out a couple of weeks ago. I was like, again? What, what happened in 2012 that so many you pivotal know, moments, you know? You know what I remember? I remember when I was in Guatemala, a lot of people had different theories about the um the like the calendar the mayan calendar right. they had there was something about it and and uh, it was like them on december 12 like mm-hmm. 2012 the war was supposed to end or right. it was the mayans had these predictions and, and everybody in guatemala was kind of like that's really dumb like <laughs> we're just like tracking down cycles and has yeah. nothing to do with the the end of the world right. but a lot of a lot of changes were happening yeah. back then. And, it's true. And yeah, I it's do, true. I do, I do believe that. Yeah, they were. It was the beginning of a new new era of a new cycle. Mm-hmm. So that might have, could have something to do with it. And I know for a fact that we're going through a sixth sun because our people, the Mexica people, were following the cycles of the sun. So whenever there was a new cycle of a sun, there Mm -hmm. was a lot of changes in nature because they were observing how the changes that were occurring in nature and they were able to track down different cycles and they had different calendars and it wasn't just one big calendar. They had several, they had one for the moon and they had one for the sun and um, yeah, the way that they used to track down is actually pretty accurate because I've realized it's a calendar of 360 days okay. plus five days where you do nothing. Oh, and really? Then, I like that. 
it, they enter in like a quarter of the day. So let's say if the beginning of the year started on at noon, then it will start at 6 p.m. the next one and then so on. So we don't have a leap year. Okay. Because they were able to identify that, hey, there's an extra like time that you know what's going to happen with that so right. because they were following the nature and the cycles of the earth they were like oh well actually the new year should start at a different time each each year because it's just the way that nature works sure yeah <laughs> so that makes total really, sense it's really interesting it's really fascinating to finding out the different calendar counts and mm -hmm. They did not have the new year in December, like in the Gregorian calendar. They have it in the spring, mm -hmm. on like in like the early spring, like I think it's March twelfth, and it's in yeah, it's right in the spring when everything is blooming, and it makes sense that it's the time for renewal because sure. the earth is renewing, and there's all this everything is being rebirthed and the earth has finished like peeling off and now now that now things are beginning to grow and it, right. things get more colorful and mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense to me yeah i'm wondering how then um how would we reconcile starting the year in the spring in the different mm -hmm. hemispheres so I wonder if mm -hmm. there's a mirrored calendar for like Aboriginal peoples in, you know, the South Pacific and in Australia and like mm -hmm. some of the Pacific Islanders. I wonder if they have a similar uh, yeah. sun cycle calendar that would give them the start of the year in, say, October or September, right. rather, you know, instead of yeah. March when their spring is happening. That's that's super fun yeah. to think about. If we're yeah, and just I think mirrors they do. of each sometimes other. you can see they correlate. Sometimes there is some connections. You can start to see the connections between like the calendars in the southern hemisphere mm -hmm. and then the northern hemisphere. Yeah. Oh fun. Are you originally from Mexico or did, were you born here in the States? I was born here, but I I spent a lot of time I pretty much grew up in Mexico because I'm from the border. Gotcha. Okay. I'm from like the border region. So even though I was born here, I pretty much grew up in Mexico and then eventually moved here. Gotcha. Okay. So let's unpack who you were in 2012. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I was, I was actually struggling a lot around those times. I was, I was, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of hardship. Mm -hmm. I had graduated from college in 2009 in the middle of the recession. Mm. And it was, yeah, I I moved out, decided to try my luck in New York. Okay. And just kind of ventured out here because, yeah, I just, I couldn't find work. And it was, yeah, it was really, I was, I remember I went through a period of like a lot of hardships where, yeah, I was like not happy, hmm. not happy where I was, and not very, uh, not very happy with the kinds of jobs that I was getting, and 
Okay. Yeah, and, and even when I went to and when I went to Guatemala, I realized like, oh my gosh, like why am I? Everybody here is so happy and friendly, <sighs> uh-huh. and like, how come I'm not? Yeah. Like, how come I'm not that? <laughs> I cannot. How come I cannot relax like they are because I had spent so much time in cities and right. I never really like hang out in nature I wasn't really in touch with nature I wasn't mm. really in touch with myself I was, yeah I was a completely different person back then okay um so you yeah. you moved to new to New York by yourself yes I did I okay. moved to New York by myself I just took a chance and just look for to look mostly for work because I was mm-hmm. I was working, but I wasn't really happy in the places that I was working in. And yeah, you know, you have to get a job. Yeah. You know, to get by. For sure. But I wanted to try my luck. And mm-hmm. I had always wanted to be here. always wanted to just move here. And because to be closer to like the art and design. Yeah. And industry. So, so yeah. I just Did you move right after you graduated college? No, I spent some time in... In El Paso, where I'm from, and okay. I was just very miserable, and it was just really, yeah, I was just really having like a tough time. I was really depressed, and it was just, yeah, it was rough. Okay. And then after going through some therapy and some, as I, I came here and and then I started figuring myself out and started getting more opportunities and yeah and I, I had like a ton of like odd jobs I, I was working with some some artists with like an instant helping her do like an installation I mm-hmm. worked in retail for like a bunch of years and but then I realized that what I really wanted to do was design because that was my passion and then I started finding freelancing and getting clients and and just doing like graphic design things for them and that was really yeah that was really cool and that's how I got that job for like this as a contractor for this organization and yeah I think that's that was that was the smartest thing for me to do to just freelance and take a chance and and I it was really cool because I got to do many different projects that were like really not that I wouldn't have done just in a regular job. So that was really exciting. And gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do, do you have any siblings? I do. I have a few siblings. I have an older brother and a younger brother mm-hmm. that I, yeah, I'm in touch with. And I, I see them when I come back to like Texas and they don't really come out here often. So no. <laughs> sometimes I miss them, but okay. Yeah, my my mother, my brother, and my younger brother are in in Texas. And your mom is in Texas. Yeah, my mom's in Texas too. Okay. And your your father? Oh, my father passed away like six like six years ago. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, but he was he was he was there when you. When you left El Paso, he was he was still alive, or he? Yeah, he was still alive. Okay. Yeah, he passed away. Yeah, very suddenly. Actually, it was really mm. tough. I'm sorry. To that hear. was like six years ago. So that was like, yeah, that has also been kind of 
tough because and that's also been like a good way for me to connect with my ancestors because now that I he's passed away um, in Mexican tradition when somebody passes away you every year around like Day of the Dead mm-hmm. we do like an altar and then we put up a photo of a loved one or somebody yeah. that died and you put the items that that uh, they would have liked in real life and the mm-hmm. foods that they liked and and we honor them and we um yeah we honor them um, we light mm-hmm. candle and it's kind of the time where um they come back and spend spiritually some time with you on earth and right. it's a way for us to remember mm-hmm. like the good people that they were and yeah, it's been kind of a new tradition that I've embraced and that it's been mm-hmm. since that, since my dad passed, yep. That must and be then, pretty cathartic for you then. It was, it moments. was. I yeah. still, I'm still struggling with it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. still, mm-hmm. I'm still struggling with the grief and every time Father's Day comes around, it's like full of grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it's uh, also... Uh, a good time to remember the good memories and mm-hmm. the good times and just to remember who they were and yeah um, and keep the relationships with them even if it's just like spiritually like yeah I also get to remember my grandma and, and my grandpa who yeah, I remember but I didn't really have a, a relationship with them but it's kind of nice to like have a relationship with them now that they're not around. So, oh. yeah. all right. Uh, did you did you have any hobbies in 2012? 25 year old. Did you have any hobbies? Yeah. In 2012. Yeah. Like before. Uh huh. Well, yeah. I like. I mean, I guess I like making art. Um, I wasn't doing like a ton of art, but. Yeah, I guess that was my hobby. I think my hobby kind of became my passion, like just doing art and design. So that was kind of like my job is kind of also playful and I get to be creative. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of a hobby. And I also I'm very like politically engaged and I started doing a lot of activism and becoming more conscious and I don't. I don't know if that's a hobby, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll we'll include that. We'll include that. Um, yeah. So in in 2012, what kind mm-hmm. of music were you listening to? What kind of music I was listening to? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was listening. What was I listening to back then? I was listening to like just. Any um, any rock bands or I don't remember actually what I was listening to. I know, I know I was listening to like a lot of like alternative like rock music from like okay. Mexico and like Ooh. that's what I was into. And then I became more into like the like indigenous like techno okay. music. I guess. Yeah. Okay, I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah. So it's 2012, you're Mm -hmm. a freelance designer, 
Um, mm-hmm. What what was your typical routine? Like your your every day. Did you have like rituals where you get up and you go for a walk? You go down to the you know local bodega and grab a piece of fruit for breakfast. What what was your your routine? Yeah, I was doing a lot of work on my desk. So it's like, <laughs> okay. I was actually overworking myself oh, wow. because okay. I was, yeah, I was just like working nonstop and usually had like a lot of tough deadlines. But yeah, definitely I could say, even though I was working at home and I, I usually would have to go and like have meetings with people like across town and just had to jump in the subway and mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. every day I just didn't know where my paycheck was coming from, so I had to make sure that I was hustling. So yeah. I was definitely overworking myself. Okay. And I think somebody did, some client did tell me that they were like, "You're taking on too much work, and like you need to slow down." <laughs> so okay, yeah. Where what part of New York did you live in then? I lived in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, I moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. I'm still in Brooklyn, but uh, oh, that's around when I moved to Brooklyn, yeah. Okay. So based on everything I've heard about Brooklyn, here's a, a quick like detour from our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Where have you found uh, is the best Mexican food in Brooklyn? Definitely Sunset Park. That's where I live, actually. Oh, yeah? Okay. Sunset yeah. Park. Because I hear that uh, New York City suffers from a lack of delicious Mexican food. That's not true. Who said that? Oh, really? I know in Chicago you have really good Mexican food. But but no, do you have have some good one? It's just that the the people, the Mexican people that come here are from Puebla. So you'll find a lot of like semitas in Puebla style, like tacos and that kind of stuff. So, okay. But yeah, we do have some good Mexican food. Okay. It's just that depends on the neighborhood. Like if you go to, in Manhattan, if you go to like El Barrio and like Harlem, Spanish Harlem, that's where like a lot of Mexicans hang out and there is some good food there. But in in Brooklyn specifically, I would say Sunset Park just because it's like all of Fifth Avenue is like Latino, okay. Puerto Rican, Dominican. Okay. And there's a lot of Mexican and we have some good tacos and some good. Some good semitas. I never had semitas before. That was foreign to me before I came here. Really? And now, no, I have semitas and like <laughs> quesadillas with la coche. And there's definitely a lot of foods that I, in Texas, we just didn't have because I'm from the north and right. the north we don't we only do burritos. And right. Oh <laughs> burritos my gosh. and tacos and that's it. Burritos are everywhere but, in Texas, and they like yeah. I love how they fight for like no, this is the biggest one. This yeah. is the size yeah. of a baby. You're gonna die. Have it. All right. <laughs> it's crazy. No, it's definitely like, yeah, in the state of Chihuahua, it's like the cheeses and mm-hmm. the tortillas and right. we do flour tortillas. We don't do corn tortillas. Right. It's it's a little bit different, but it's still, you know. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. The So having grown up in 
Chicago. I'm familiar with a lot of Mexican food that mm-hmm. that I've, I've grown accustomed to the Mexican food that is here, which the like a lot of regions of, of Mexicans, um, Mexicans from a lot of regions of Mexico, they come straight here and like open yeah. up restaurants. So I have a lot of tastes of Mexico. And then I moved to Texas mm-hmm. and I was like, what am I eating? This is, this is not Mexican food. But then I had to learn, like, no, no, this is Tex-Mex. It's a thing. It's Tex-Mex. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is This different. Fine. It's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, all the other places I've been, like, going to Mexican restaurants, like, you get this, like, American, Americanized version of Mexican food. Yeah. Right. So it's... it's yeah. It's, it's, I wouldn't say Chipotle is Mexican food. Right. No, it's, it's not. Like, <laughs> it's like an Americanized yeah, version of Mexican Yeah, it's a super American food. version of, of Mexican food. So, But, okay, that's good to know. So next time I'm in New York, I'm going to go down to Sunset Park and, and oh, try yeah. and find some delicious Mexican food. Oh, yeah. I always tell people don't go to the restaurants. Just go to the taco truck. They have oh, for way sure. better tacos. For sure. <laughs> Like any place that has like you can buy one of three items and that's it that's where i want to be because i know yeah. you're going to do those three items really really well yeah okay yeah. all right so in 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 2012 mm-hmm. you're working really hard you're trying to make money you know mm-hmm. sometimes you're wondering like oh, where is my next paycheck going to be am i going to pay rent yeah. what was your what was your practical pursuit at the time what were you actively like, okay, this is what I want for myself and this is how I'm going to get it. And you're doing these things. What was that? What was the projection for yourself at I that just, time? I kind of just wanted to land a job. I just wanted to get a job. Okay. I did not care about anything else because I was, yeah, I was really young and I was, I had a lot of energy and I was just, I just wanted to just get a job where I could innovate, where I could just be super creative mm-hmm. and so but you that. wanted to be a part of like a design house that's where you wanted yeah. to be okay yeah like being more of an in-house designer versus like a freelancer okay because i was struggling a lot because i didn't i guess in design school they don't really teach you um like any business skills they just kind of ship you off with a portfolio and then you're on your own and yeah you kind of have to just come in with more of a business mind and I didn't know how to make invoices but I had to I had to research and I had to find yeah. out how and yeah and that part of like more of the business aspect making relationships like having a network yep. that was really important but I was just so so just so in so out of touch with myself like so sure inside myself that I didn't just didn't know how because I didn't have any I don't have the answers and yeah. just trying things out and okay yeah my wife yeah. my wife went to she has a um a degree in art and she spent a bunch of years as a graphic designer and oh, she I think she would have been way happier if they would have taught her in school mm-hmm. how to be how to utilize the skills that she's learning as a graphic designer as an artist right. to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. Right. If that was a legitimate avenue 
for students after they get out of school instead of just being a part of a design house i think she would have been happier and it's fun to listen to the way that you're talking about it you're like ah you know i didn't know too much i really just wanted to be an in-house designer where i could go and innovate you know Mm -hmm. and i i think there's there's a certain measure of safety that you have being a part Mm -hmm. of you know a collective that is responsible for all the things and you just like you just want to go and be creative so it's, it's, yeah, it's super interesting to hear you describing that. Now, was it, <laughs> was it when you were a, uh, a freelancer or had you landed a job at a, uh, at a design firm where you were sent to Guatemala? No, it was just one of my freelance projects. One of it my freelance, freelance clients that I had, they actually a friend, somebody that I met through my network that was like, I need a website. Like, can you do this for me? And I was like, sure. And wow. then, yeah, we just weren't, they just decided to like send me out there so that I can get to know the organization and the people that were working there. And, and that was really cool because they, I mean, there were people that were very committed and mm. it was this organization that um, helps people who have been deported from the U.S. and are trying to repatriate and um, re- get themselves established in like Guatemala so yeah they had a they had a restaurant where people who brought skills from restaurants from working in the U.S. could work at and they had like this shop hmm. like with a lot of like artisan goods and and they had a, a like a coffee co-op and yeah they had all these really amazing like like stories and products and they were doing a lot of a lot of good work and and i think they still are they still they're still around like some people left because they had internal problems but sure a lot of the people that were doing the work with the restaurant are still are still around and, and it was in this town called chilahu in the mayan language and mm-hmm. the person that runs the the uh, restaurant, I think it's it's in uh, in Saltenango, which is like it's really interesting because that's where all of like a lot of the Mayan different Mayan groups meet because there is the there's different like it's not just one homogenous like it, they have, there's different groups within you know the Mayans mm-hmm. and it's um, they have the um, the Cachiquel and they have the the mom and then they have uh, the other ones. What was they called? There's like many different groups that like meet right in that that center mm-hmm. that come from like different regions and they all kind of meet there. And so there's many different, even in the way that they dress is like, you can tell that they're from a different town because they, they're wearing their like traje, their outfit. And it's like, it's like fabric that they make themselves and hmm. it's like weavings that they do and it's really beautiful huh. right on so mm-hmm. what were so we knew that you were practically pursuing a job doing all of the work that you could hustling as hard as you could um Partly, I'm guessing, to build a portfolio that you could present to some mm-hmm. of these firms in, in the hopes of landing a job mm-hmm. as an in-house designer. Mm-hmm. What were your, like, right. these are the 
unattainable, the massive hopes and dreams that you're like, okay, this is what I would love for my, this is like the lottery dreams. Like, oh my gosh, if, if this could happen, uh, that would be the most amazing thing in the universe. What, what, what were the hopes and dreams that you had, you know, where we um, find the unicorns and the fairies and all of that jazz? <laughs> um back in 2012 you mean yeah it, all of this is 2012 yeah just yeah just wanted to yeah just be successful and just make a ton of money and just <laughs> to be rich okay. yeah to be rich yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess so no 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 i think it wasn't i think it was it was more like i just wanted to be successful be able to take care of myself and mm-hmm. not have to like depend on family and not have to be calling up my family for money or anything like mm-hmm. i think i just wanted to be a little bit more independent and be more successful in in my career and and traveling so that was really cool that okay. that i had this opportunity because i actually wanted to travel so okay it just kind of manifested that and it happened mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow it happened nice did you did you want to travel for fun or did you want that to be part of the job no i wanted to be part of the job okay i had yeah i had traveled before outside of the country but it was more for like vacation and i spent some time in europe and mm-hmm. went to see like some art galleries and all the art and okay yeah you know been there done that and kind of thing and it was really beautiful and i got some good experiences too and but Ooh. when i went i think to central america it was really different because then it made me like more conscious because just the little things you know like in in the us you can take a long shower if you want in central america people don't have a ton of resources so yeah you kind of have to get in and out of the shower you you're not allowed to keep the lights on. You have to turn them off. And yeah, I was, I was really different. It was, it's really different. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think I'm struggling <laughs> and these people are struggling yeah. and there's still the resilience of the people that I saw and just, yeah, that I saw was really inspiring because I thought that I was struggling so much and that I had it so bad and I was feeling sorry about myself. But mm. then looking at people, just being happy, just being who they were and just like relaxing and not, not consuming too much and being mindful about, about the resources that they have. And just, I realized like how privileged I was and how I am in, in a privileged position. Yeah. Just being born here and just, being able to afford and live to live here it's a great privilege that i should give back and that i should do do more for indigenous communities and so that's kind of changed my entire perspective from just me thinking about me but thinking about the whole the community and my whole community as a whole and how the decisions that I make and the same decisions that I make are gonna affect somebody else. That really did change and and being responsible and having the responsibility of 
doing things that are not going to cause harm, that are going to do people good. That was the real, the real awakening. Wow. You know, not everybody gets to have these moments of transformation in their life. So mm-hmm. right on. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you've gotten, that you've been able to experience this. That being said, I think mm-hmm. I have a really good idea for your story. Mm-hmm. And because, so based on some of the things that you said, where how life had come together at that moment to take you to um, Guatemala, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe, so the, the, that's going to be the, the moment, right? And so I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to reimagine life for you in that moment. So we'll see, we'll see, um, we'll, we'll see exactly how it takes. Like part of me wants to like make it as itchy as possible for you. So like listening to this other, other version of, you know, yourself and what mm-hmm. uh, she may or may not have done feeling like, oh, mm-hmm. yuck could I have done that? Would I have done that? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about where I could possibly take this. So, sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. So then what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. We'll listen to a little bit of music. And when we come back, we're going to hear the story of other Itzy. Stick around. back i hope you enjoyed that little musical break again my guest today is itzy ramirez if you'd like to follow her on the instagram her personal is at itzy ra that is i-t-z-y-r-a and then if you want to find or follow her um, design her professional one it is at itzy underscore designs i-t-z-y underscore designs you can uh, buy some of her um, designs on shirts and things at society6.com slash itsy bitsy design and then if you'd like to visit her website and maybe hire her for something fun uh itsy ramirez.com cool beans cool beans how um we tend to we we break for a week in between the the first half and second half how was your week you're going you're you're in new york you're going through this delicious mm-hmm. heat wave where everyone is melting yeah. uh how, <laughs> how are you doing it's been great i've actually been seeing friends and being out and about which feels pretty good 
So yeah, I've been busy. Good. Busy with work, with life. But Good. I actually got chat with my best friends. So it was like really great to see people. Aww. That's awesome. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you're, uh, are, are you keeping cool? Or are you suffering through the heat? No, it's fine. Um, I try not to complain too much about the weather because it's necessary. The, the sun is necessary for the plants and the, mm-hmm. the rain is yeah. necessary for plants to grow. So I think, I think having a heat wave is not that bad, actually. It's just... It's energy, so mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I like I like I like the heat better than the cold. Okay. Better. Good, good. Glad to hear you're doing all right. Glad to hear you're doing mm. all right. Uh, that being said, are you are you ready to hear your story, the story of yes, other Itzy? I'm excited. Yeah. Yes, Wonderful. I'm excited to hear. Awesome. All yeah. right, so we're gonna we're gonna read through the story and then we'll talk about it. Here is the story of other Itzy. Mommy, I have to go. I don't want to get there after they close, other Itzy asserts. I love you. I'll call you later. Okay, mija. I love you too. Call me tomorrow after you decide about Guatemala. Other Itzy notices the clock, read 7.51, estimating the time it would take to get to the other end of the park and to sunset mini meat market. She exclaims, bye, ends the call and stuffs her phone into her purse and tucks it under her arm. She barrels down 7th toward 42nd Street, each breath a lifeline as she counts the seconds, one of four, 105, breathe in, other Itzy, she encourages, her feet barely touching the ground as she races to pick up her grocery order. The family that runs a small grocery has been kind to other Itzy and packages up their best cuts of meat and cheeses and saves them aside for her. Even though her schedule as of late has been so busy, she tends to forget to pick it up on the day they package it for her, almost throwing one order away because several of the items had begun to turn. 187, 188. When 89, she bursts into the grocery shouting, I'm here, I made it. No olvide, estoy aquí. The woman behind the counter smiles. She exaggeratedly looks at her wrist and shifts her eyes from her wrist to other itsies. Other itsy wears a large smile briefly before sucking in as much air as her lungs could hold. Her heart pounds in her chest. Adrenaline courses through her veins, causing her hands and knees to shake. You almost missed it. Five minutes is not much time, Nina. The other Itzy bends at the way, struggling to catch her breath. You're right. I'm always so busy. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Do sabes. Yeah, I know. Did they told you how much it is? It's 55 and 31. Yes, they told me. I paid it on the phone. I have to pay when I order now. Probably because I, I didn't get to the last two the day I was supposed to. Standing tall, her breathing has slowed. And her heart has eased its beating. The drumming from inside her chest, still singing the song of her ancestors, plays loudly in her ears. She softly hums along to the song written on her DNA instinctively. She takes the bag, nods at the cashier, and walks to the front of the store. Pausing at the door with her hand on the handle, she listens to the sounds of the grocery. Soft chatter. The hum of the air conditioner. The clang of the change being counted. Boxes being stacked. There's a rhythm to the store. The sounds are in time with the song in her soul. She pulls the door open and heads out onto the street with her eyes on the park. The sun creeps slowly toward the horizon, stretching as he goes down for his slumber, slivers of sunlight pepper the sky. Other Itzy casually strolls down 42nd and walks along the edge of Sunset Park, creating in her mind an image of the sun if he were a man or if she were a woman. Tracing the lines of a hand, she reaches hers to the heavens, 
taking hold of the amorphous light, imagining its warmth. The day's heat only barely abating, other Itzy takes note of the accumulation of sweaty spots on her neck, her abdomen, the small of her back, and under her arms. With her hand outstretched, she feels a warmth intensify at her fingertips and crawl down her arm across her torso, resting in her belly. Back at her apartment, other Itzy pushes open the door and steps in. Her heart rate still up from the sprint to the grocer. She waits just inside the door for herself to calm completely down before bringing the grocery bag in and settling herself for dinner. Fire burns in her lungs. She coughs up steam and burps lava. What is happening right now? Just get some water, okay? You still have a lot of work to do yet, Itzy. The pep talks were becoming more frequent. Spending the bulk of her day hustling, she had little time for herself. Eager to sleep in a bed and not on the street, she fought tooth and nail for every opportunity that came her way. She compiled a catalog of freelance clients and built as many shaky relationships as her limited time would allow. Sleepless nights and double-booked mornings filled her calendar. Other Itzy slowly makes her way to the kitchenette. New York City apartments are not known for elaborate cooking spaces. The modest stove and fridge, for one, were separated by a mere 12 inches of cabinet space. She folds down her tabletop and kicks out its legs. One by one, she removes the fresh meats and cheeses from the grocery. Laid out before her, the motivation to cook dinner is sapped by the sheer amount of uncooked food on the table. Nope, I'll just have some crackers. Other Itzy unceremoniously stuffs everything into the fridge, save for a package of sliced Oaxacan cheese. Retrieving a sleeve of salted crackers, she moves to her workspace and plops down onto her couch in front of her idle laptop with 20 open design programs, hundreds of internet browser windows open. One of them is playing music, but the icons are too small to tell which is the culprit, so her headphones lie next to the laptop on the coffee table, humming inaudibly random advertisements and jingles on repeat. She begins searching her projects for the one titled Falling in Line. Her face lights up when she sees the rendering at 97% complete. Just a few more minutes and I'll finally get to see what all of my work is worth. She breathes a long sigh of relief. Other Itsy rips a small piece of the cheese from the loose strands in the deli package and places it on the salted cracker before airplaning it into her mouth. She giggles and shakes her head at her silliness. Before she could swallow, her bag begins to buzz. Shoot. Mommy, I'm sorry. I just got home, she offers repentantly, muffled by the mouthful of food. Excuse me? Is this Itsy Ramirez? Swallowing slowly, she quickly responds, Ramirez, yes, hello. I'm so sorry. I thought you were my mother. I didn't even look at who's calling. How may I help you? I see. Don't worry about it. This is Erica Townsend from 8060. I've been going over some of your samples and read through your treaties on clean lines and design. I love it. You're probably my favorite applicant I've seen in weeks. I would love to have you come in and maybe go over some of your work. We have a sample project we'd love to have applicants do a mock-up for. Are you available this week? Stunned. Other Itzy stares silently at her plate of cheese and crackers before slowly averting her gaze to the laptop's screens flashing 100% complete message. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I work independently right now and have several clients I'm working for, uh, but this week I can make time to come in. That's great, Miss Ramirez. Uh, we do have a non-compete clause in our contracts, so you would have to finish your projects and reject future work for the first three years of employment. After that, you're free to take on any freelance work that does not compete with 8060 and with your time commitments to the company. Thursday at 10 a.m. would be a great time for you to come in. Three days to finish up whatever you're working on at the moment. Is that sufficient? Yes, that is perfect. I will see you on Thursday at 10. I'm very excited for this opportunity, and I will come ready with all of my ideas and all of my talents. Great. See you then. Brimming with excitement. 
Other Itsy stands and throws both of her hands in the air and shouts triumphantly. She takes off running back and forth inside the tiny apartment. Dissatisfied with the space to run, she yanks her keys from her bag and darts out onto the street. The air outside has become wet or electric. What little stars can be seen through the normal light pollution are hidden by a swath of rolling clouds. Their movements seem intentional, like living creatures wrestling in the heavens. A flash explodes in the sky and a roar of thunder immediately follows. Other Itsy reels from the concussive blow to her chest pressed upon her by the flashing of lightning. She heard the thunder in her mind as well as through her ears. It almost sounded, it almost sounded like a voice. Tlaloc, what was that? I've never heard thunder like that. Back inside I go. Impacted by the impending rain, she rushes back into her apartment and celebrates there. A few days later, Other Itsy finishes her presentation. The room is moved. They're in love with her work, as Erica was. Without hesitation, they offer Itsy the position of in-house graphic designer. Please, feel free to take the weekend. We love your approach and design flow, your clean lines, use of color and negative space, functional and stunning. We want you. We can wait until Monday, but no, we would love to have you start today if you were available to join us today. The largest smile ever conjured rests on other Itsy's face. Yes, I don't have to wait. I accept. I will start on Monday, though. I have a client that was asking me to fly to Guatemala to finish out a project, but because of the non-compete clause, I will do what I can here this weekend and submit it on Monday morning before I come in. I will tell them that is all I am able to do for now. She holds her hand out, and everyone takes turns shaking it and welcoming her to the team. The end. <laughs> that's yeah that's pretty cool yeah i do i do uh, i do i did resonate with your um the the stuff about the sun and uh yeah the good some, sometimes walking around and seeing the sun can provide energy and mm -hmm. it can be kind of relaxing and so yeah, I like that part. Oh, good. good. Yeah, it's pretty pretty the stuff about the non compete, yeah. It's like <laughs> I've heard that yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. There like I've I've read so many like applications or job descriptions where they're like, Oh yeah. you know, you can't work in any field even remotely near this at the same you can't have two jobs essentially. You can have two jobs because we're not gonna pay you much, but you can't have yeah. two jobs in the same field. So. Yeah, sometimes those companies are also trying to just yeah. get you and sucking all your energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have you yeah, ever heard of yeah. that grocery store that I mentioned? Which grocery store is it? It's called um, Sunset Mini Meat Market. It's it's no, it's just off the uh, it's just off of like the park, the Sunset Park, the grassy area. Um, I was like yeah. looking all in that neighborhood trying to find cool things that i found that spot and a bunch of people like had reviews on like yelp and oh, stuff and i was like oh this place sounds cool interesting no Maybe she I, I know i've never been there no? i should go now <laughs> yeah. no, I, I gotcha i gotcha yeah it's a pretty cool yeah, spot but, but yeah everything is pretty much spot on and oh good like I, I probably would have just taken any random job and mm -hmm. just been miserable for a few years and mm -hmm. then yeah, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but even though I do have a job now, yeah, but I, yeah, but I have a job that I actually like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, I thought I like. I really wanted to. 
like stress in the story that you were um you were kind of like being called so like you said the trip down in uh, to guatemala was what really connected you to um your indigenous heritage right yeah and so i wanted yeah. i wanted the for the story for this other version of you i wanted her to be called like the way the sun yeah. was like drawing yeah. her and the way uh Tlaloc, who is um he was the yeah. the one in charge of the waters and the, the, the waters, thunderstorms yeah. you know so i was like okay even he yeah, is calling to her you know yeah like it's like right in front of me but i can't see it yeah like the elements of like you know the earth are calling me mm -hmm. yeah the stuff about yeah the, that was yeah that was really beautiful because actually it's raining right now so oh, is it? Coming down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot oh. of people think he's the god of rain but it's not the god of rain he's the the energy that makes makes it rain yeah not God of right right he was uh i remember he it, essentially the way it was broken down is like he's in charge of the the pressure like the atmospheric pressure and mm -hmm. the changes yeah. in the pressure you know and yeah. that could cause rain or it could cause snow mm -hmm. or it could like release intense heat that's like hiding in the atmosphere sort of thing and he like screams mm -hmm. in the heavens and makes thunder and stuff i i, yeah. I love when when you read like poetic descriptions of yeah. you know the energies of the world that uh, people have deified i i yeah. dig it yeah it's I really interesting it. and it's i think it's like also the tlaloque is who's who are the ones that actually make the the rain and the thunder mm -hmm. that's what he controls that's why he's tlaloc yeah and it's i think the tla means like the earth and Log at the atl means water, so it's the liquor of the earth. That's Tlaloc. Cool. I'm glad you were able to resonate. I really I wanted to try to write something that would be oh so every New York City apartment that I've ever encountered has been really uh -huh. tiny. Yeah. Have, have you yeah, lived in tiny apartments? Tiny. <laughs> I do. Well, yes, pretty much. Yeah. Like most of my and the, the stuff about the kitchen and having small actually i i didn't have a kitchen for over a year oh my gosh one time in an apartment wow oh my goodness <laughs> but yeah so i did resonate with having tiny kitchens and like <laughs> yeah that's very new york that's that's so funny like i'm pretty lucky to have like a nicer kitchen now but yeah. back in the days it was like shared kitchens mm -hmm. and Oh man, that's tiny funny. kitchens and yeah. Yeah, looking through the neighborhoods. So here in in Chicago, we mm -hmm. um in between all of our houses are what we call like gangways, and they're um oh. I feel like that's a super diminutive way of describing a sidewalk in between two buildings. Um, but we um like most of our buildings are on land that is um you have like space between the two buildings, most of them, right? Uh, but looking through most of like Brooklyn and like all of Manhattan, pretty much uh, all the buildings are, are kissing all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that always trips me out thinking like on either wall, there are people. Yeah. You know, you can hear everything from your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. No, but it, yeah, it, it's really interesting because a lot of, 
um, a lot of the roads that they're here that are like famous, like Broadway and like a lot of really big uh, streets that are mm-hmm. very popular were actually Native American trails. So mm. it's during the summer months, especially around summer solstice, you can see um, the sun from almost every single like building in like you can see the sun shining through like all of the buildings is really beautiful because the natives here in this island were looking at were looking at the sun all the time and they were building roads and to be able to see the sun so it's really yeah it's it's really interesting there's like this uh, right at like when the sun is going down where you can see the sun rays like through like almost every because it's very grid like mm-hmm. and you can see the sun coming from almost like every angle it's really yeah it's really amazing they call it manhattan henge because of stonehenge but oh. <laughs> obviously it's native american <laughs> because manhattan we henge. know now that it's the, the trails that the native americans took to get the places the Lenape, Lenape people. Nice. I love Which those, is- those when you encounter spots where people are like, oh, this is, you know, nobody comes here, but this is the most beautiful spot. And you see, and there's like this really gorgeous where like mm-hmm. everything happens to fall in line from this one spot out and, you know, just off to the side. And then you get that like, oh, that is what? And then when you have yeah. like, when you have all of the buildings that are, accidentally being built in a way that accentuates that but because of the road work that was done before mm-hmm. i love it Their foundations i love it yeah so yeah the lenape ancestors here yeah yeah they're pretty much new what was going on yeah and they're still around by the way they're still like, oh for sure there's a there's a or Lenape Land in New, like North Jersey, and mm-hmm. there's some still around in in Pennsylvania, and we still hold down to certain parts. Nice, it's really nice. Yeah, wonderful. So, are you are you are you a runner by any chance? I used to, but I'm not anymore. I'm more of a yogi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I used to run a lot, and like my ancestors actually from North Mex North Mexico and Chihuahua, they were very well known to be uh, marathon runners, like ultra marathon runners. Oh my god! and they they run a lot, but they do run for because it's ceremonial. It's hmm. it's like a thing that they do. Gotcha. Okay, and. Uh, they yeah they become yeah i think there's this documentary that's called lorena lorena and it's about this ragamuri marathon runner that you can check out on netflix and it's really interesting she runs like ultramarathons all over the world like in europe and mexico and everywhere they're really amazing i don't i don't i cannot wrap my brain around the uh, the the concept of running an ultramarathon yeah it's crazy no, I don't. I, I mean, I unfortunately like my, I have weak knees and hurts my back. So gotcha. I like doing yoga. <laughs> <better>. <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you, would, would you, um, 
if you were going to be late to something like back almost 10 years ago, would you have been running then? If you're like, oh, I'm going to be late, would you have just taken off running? I just imagine um, like ev- like every everyone I know from New York is is always mm-hmm. moving really fast. On the go. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, Probably no, I, I can't I was. Yeah, I used to, I, I remember like taking the train everywhere and just being out and about and mm-hmm. meeting to meeting and just like not really being at home at all. Like I didn't, I would just come home to sleep and that's it. Yeah. Wow. So what then, judging on this, if, let, what if it all went down that way? What do you think, what do you think that life might've been like for you if you would have rejected the, the project to go down to Guatemala and you would have stayed, you would have taken a job here. Mm-hmm. How do you think that you might have been different? Uh, I think I would have still been aware of like my ancestry, but maybe I, 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 I would have, I don't know, I would have taken a different road. Like I wouldn't have been so, um, I wouldn't have incorporated it into my work like I do now. Hmm. I think that's what it is, that maybe the spiritual aspect of it would have not been so present. Okay. I think because of the experiences that I had when I was in Guatemala and after I came back here, I started to be more in touch with spirituality and, and being a kinder, nicer person too, like just being in community and empathizing, seeing the good things in people because New York does tend to sometimes drag people mm-hmm. and it can, people leave, like a lot of friends that moved around the same time that I moved mm-hmm. left because they couldn't handle it because it was too much and it was too stressful. Mm-hmm. And it, the, having that spiritual aspect, I think, helped me survive help me make made me stronger wow made me more like present and more aware of myself wow and that's made me a better designer because before i would just crush if i would get like a bad critique or Hmm. i would get crushed and after that it's like whatever people have their own opinions and i'm gonna take what i'm gonna take what what's good and leave the that what's not going to work for me aside and mm-hmm. having compassion for people for my users and for people that that are using the products that the things that I am making too because before I was more because I wasn't such a spiritual person I was more um, I had an ego okay. and when you and a lot of this, unfortunately, a lot of designers and a lot of artists tend to have an ego and that works against you because then you can't, you can cooperate and, and it, it's not going to make you, if you're not able to take criticism, if you're not able to learn anything from, from other people, it, you're never going to grow. Right. So you've got to be humble too. And at the end, and that's very common in, in, in the industry that you see egos come up. and For sure. For and sure. I've seen it in places that I've worked at like a hundred times. And, and yeah, it, it pays off to be humble. I agree. It's, it's interesting <laughs> today. Um, 
I'm uh, working with a group of writers and we're uh, compiling a collection of stories that we'll be publishing in the fall. And um, one of the members uh, today was telling me like, hey, you know, I was reading through one of your submissions and I was doing some editing or like making suggestions and stuff. And like, I don't want you to think that, you know, I'm, I'm being mean to you or that I hate it, but I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be critical. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, please. You know, it's like we're submitting this to each other so that we can critically look at the things and, you know, suggest edits or make yeah. like ask questions or like, hey, what did you mean to say here? Or, hey, this is a little unclear. Could you clear this up? Or, hey, maybe you should break this down or whatever. I mean, the mm-hmm. constructive criticism is really, really important. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. to growth because if you never if nobody ever says, hey, you need to fix this, then you're going to mm-hmm. think that everything you do is right. Right, mm-hmm. And if you think everything you do is right, then you can't really grow as like a creator, as an artist, as a writer, a painter, anything right. like that. You're, you're not going to be compelled to grow. You're not going to be inspired to grow, you know, because right. if you're if you're always perfect, then for mm-hmm. what, you know? Yeah, so. you got to be able to handle the criticism. Mm-hmm. It's, I think when you see it from a point of this is for my own good and for my my growth and i'm gonna take what's what's gonna work for me mm-hmm. and what what are then it's like a growth then that you experience a lot of growth and and having compassion to having having compassion for for the people that are gonna be seeing or experiencing mm-hmm. like a website is it, it was interesting because i was reading like this book on that's called that every single designer recommends it's like design for every day things by don norman and he talks a lot about the way that we use doors doors are kind of hard to use and they should be really simple but yet there's this really complicated doors all over just Mm to be pretty made look prettier and win design awards and but they don't work for people and then people end up getting trapped into those revolving doors and things like that that should be really simple mm-hmm. so it's very important also to think about the people that are using that are using the things that we're creating too and that has been the, that made me shift to from being like no i'm right and and I, I, I'm the expert and I know this and I went to school for this and I know better mm-hmm. than being like, oh, actually, like I have to, I have to make this better and I have to handle and take in this criticism in order for me to be able to provide better solutions to problems that people are having. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super important and it goes along with like the idea of being humble and mm-hmm. I'd, I love the idea of being humble and this is a conversation that I love to have with people. Like what's the difference between humility and its benefits versus bragging on yourself and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, like really praising the things that you do. Um, I think you can be happy with all of your accomplishments without Mm -hmm. um, engaging in like braggadocious conversation, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So. Yeah, there's a, and there, yeah, and there's. I think it's a balance between being like self, having self confidence, 
than just being egocentric, which is like not like I just doesn't help anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's one thing is having having confidence in yourself, and another one is just being a yeah, like just bragging. <laughs> yeah. So it's <laughs> it's a trip. But yeah, right on. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we uh we are in agreement there on that with that. Yeah. Was there was there anything else that was like really moving or important to you that we discuss? I guess you really when you were talking about like me, like feeling like anxious in the beginning mm-hmm. about like sweating and like being like that I can see myself being like just this anxious being. Yeah. Like I really did resonate with that because hmm. that was that was me. And if I if I wouldn't have been more in touch with nature, if I wouldn't not been introduced to spirituality in a different, from like a more humane, and I would have never like I would have become even more anxious, and that would have created problems for me. So I I think realizing that you know having unhealthy habits and taking care of myself more it's has was really really important has been really really like has changed my perspective a lot too hmm. so, and calming myself down with like the elements of nature with the sun and the rain and i think you did really you did really good interpretation of that awesome thank you very much yeah, thank you thank you yeah, very much awesome. that feels thank good to hear for writing good i'm glad you were able to connect with the story on, on so many levels mm-hmm. that feels good too yeah, I did. You did. You, did. you nailed it down. <laughs> good, good. Thank you so much. Oh man. So I think I think with that, we'll, we will bring today's episode to a close. Um, I had a really mm-hmm. fantastic conversation with you, Itzy. Thank you so much for being mm-hmm. a part of the show. If you Thank again, you yeah, uh, listeners, again, if you are interested in following her, um, her design work is uh, at. Itsy underscore designs on Instagram. Otherwise, it is at Itsy Ra on Instagram as well. You can check out her website, itsyramirez.com. And then Studio Six, if you want to pick up some of her beautiful, and this is like Mesoamerican indigenous artwork on top of like t shirts. And that's some of the stuff that I saw. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, check it out. It's, it's beautiful stuff. It is society six, that is the number six dot com slash mm-hmm. Itsy Bitsy Design. But Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. For sure. For sure. Cool beans. And so with that, we'll, um, we'll end it here. All right, everybody come back next week for the final episode of season one. Today's penultimate episode with Itzy Ramirez, uh, was fantastic. Next week is going to be great. We're going to take a little break. We'll come back for season two in a few weeks. Thank you everybody for listening. If you have, please follow us on uh, Instagram at under, uh, at other you underscore podcast or on Twitter at other you podcast. Uh, check out the discord server. If you need a link to that, drop me an email on the website and I will send you a discord link and you can follow some of the updates there as well. But we out for Itzy. I'm D. We're done. Bye.